guys. Welcome back to Faded Truth. Um, I know you guys see it's been a little different around here. First of all, I want to say thank you to Ascend Media um, and the Cannabis Museum for these lovely pieces. Yes. Today we're sitting in front of the Buddha. Yes. And I got a powerhouse in cannabis and inclusion, the Western Regional Director of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Miss Nicole Buffon. Hello. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Happy Good. first. Happy first day of Black History Month. Yes. It's yeah. like, it's an amazing day. Yes. I really feel the change like in the air. Yes. Of people like tired of doing the same shit. Yeah. They want change shift, for whatever change. it is that they're passionate about. Right. And I just feel like this 2022 is going to be crazy. Tomorrow's 2-2-2022. Two, two, yes. That's I love the angel numbers. numbers. Yeah. So that energy, I can feel it already. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. First of all, look <laughs> at our setup, guys. Like, look, we all purple. Like, we glowing. The hair matches. The everything. And, and if y'all don't know, it's taken me and Nicole a couple times to get to <laughs> this point of really putting it out there because of technological issues you know content creation is rough but she's stuck by me and it's because we're supposed to be here in this moment in, in this, this space, space in this yes. energy and i'm mm -hmm. so excited yes and shout out to hugo over there yes he's our behind the scenes master <laughs> yes, <laughs> All right, so yes, yeah, so happy first, happy first day of Black History Month, and I know a lot of people say every day is Black History, but it I is. think it's important to like tell your people that you love, like you know what, like I'm gonna learn about something this year, this month, you know what I yes. mean? That maybe I don't know yes. about your culture, you know, mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. for people to hear it, it means like let me go Google or let me find something Understand new. Understand better, right? Let me be able to connect. Let me be able to have right. empathy for a, a, something that I might not understand, right? Um, and that's important. It's important for us as humans to be able to do that, to connect with each other, so. Okay, so I wanna start with Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Yes. Which focuses on providing advocacy, research, uh, relating to social reform, policy, health, and wellness in yes. cannabis. Yes. And so this is great because, yeah, we're plants <laughs> over pills on the show, yes. you know, and mm -hmm. um, this whole journey of like learning about cannabis, learning how it can heal people, and then meeting people in the space that have healed from it and have their own stories is just wild to me. And I love that I'm like, be, my I'm able part. to do it, you know? It's my favorite part of it. And this. that's why I think you're so passionate, yes. you know? Cause when you talk, it's like, you're excited about it. You yeah. know, it's helped you. Like you're ready to tell your story, you know? So <clears> I, um, I wanted to kind of start off where the Minorities for Medical Marijuana started, which was Georgia. Yes. Um, I know your family's from the Caribbean. Yes. And then you came over. So tell me a little bit about that transition. Um, yeah. So um, it's my journey into cannabis started in 2017. Um, I was diagnosed with HIV in March of 2017. And immediately because of my um, cultural background, uh, I am first generation American. So my mother's from Trinidad and my father's from Dominica. Um, and I was born here in New York City in the United States. And, um, but from a young child, I understood our culture and the relation of cannabis to our culture. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother would keep a bottle of herbs in the back of the, of the liquor cabinet where she kept all her special rum. And it would have, you know, it would be rum with all this like plants and stems and leaves in mm -hmm. it, right? And, and I never really understood what that was. But when you got sick or got a cough like or even a little fit, yes, mm -hmm. even a little fever, you got a cup, you got a shot of that, right? And because it was rum. So you got a shot of that. It's like the mama wanna. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and whatever was ailing you was gone the next day, right? 24 hours later, you're good. Back to, back to normal. And so that was kind of my first introduction. Um, and then my father was a Rasta. He became a Rasta um, when I was in high school. Um, he decided to grow his hair out. Um, and that had a big influence on how we talked about cannabis in my house more. Um, because at that, by the time I was in high school, I was using it. Um, with my friends. And so, so back to me getting diagnosed and, and, and going from Georgia to coming here to Nevada. Um, so in 2017, after my diagnosis, um, I was um, uh, doing all the research I could find. I knew that cannabis would play a part in my healing. I knew who Dr. Sebi was. So it, I wasn't as intimidated um, as I, I guess I should have been or, or people were thought I might have been. But I did take a year. I took a year uh, before I actually went public with my story. Um, I kept it very close 
to my inner circle um, that first year. And then in March of 2018, I made a video, went to bed, put it on Facebook, and it, it has since you know, had a, a few thousand views. But what that did was allow me to be as transparent as possible with my story. And it just opened up so many doors for me. So um, Roz asked me, Roz, who is the founder of m for mm of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, um, she asked me to launch the chapter in Georgia before we even met in person. Like she could, wow, feel, she could my, feel your passion. my energy and my passion mm -hmm. for wanting to be in this space. Um, and so because of that energy, um, she gave me a chance. And so I launched the chapter um, at the end of 2017. And then in... Um, April of 2019, I packed up my Toyota Corolla and I drove cross country to Las Vegas. Oh, you drove from uh, Georgia? I did. Okay. How yeah, long did it take you? Me, my mom, and my sister. <laughs> How many days did it take you? Uh, five days. Okay. So we only drove during the day. Gotcha. Um, and so we, we um, our first stop was New Orleans. Then we stopped in Houston. Um, oh, y'all stopped in cool places. Yeah, of course. I was stopping in like Oklahoma and we, some diners no, 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 and no, no, shit. No, 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 no. I look, we, took, we took the route where we thought we would see more people of color because we were like, we don't want to drive through Indiana, right. Oklahoma, like... Who goes there, right? I'm scared. Like, let's get some pie. I'm like, this is not the place to get pie. No. Like, we look mm -mm. like we're from Jersey. We are three <laughs> black women driving cross country. Um, it was a beautiful time of year. April's the best time of year. Spring is the best time of year to do something like that. Um, and so we, we took the southern route. And so El Paso, um, we stopped in Acrosanti, which is in the middle of Arizona's desert. There's, a, there's an art community out there that are living um, off the grid. Um, <laughs> when you say art community, yeah, like they, they are, um, the, the, the community was built by an architect back in like the sixties and seventies. And so now the community that continues to live there are other artists and they use natural, their natural surroundings to create the art that they, that they make. So they make it out of stone, which is cause they're in the middle of the desert. So it's Damn. very interesting. Um, you know, no, no electricity. Um, they had like running water, but it was, um, everything was solar powered. So, you know, everything was controlled by, by solar. So it just, it was interesting. And then the last spot, um, uh, we went to, we drove through was Grand Canyon and then Vegas. So, so from sunup to sundown. For Georgia, because I've been seeing, you know, it's crazy living in Vegas because we're a non-stigmatized state with cannabis now. Mm -hmm to a degree so it's crazy when other you hear other states saying like we still don't have legal weed we yeah. still are getting pulled over and you know yeah. for weed so yeah. how did the chap like how did even like the, the minorities for medical marijuana like that's what sparked question. that to come about yeah, that's obviously a great question. so in a state like georgia it's still um illegal to have flour um they consider themselves a medical state now they've had a medical program for the last two years three years um, but they don't allow flour. Um, and so if you're getting flour in Georgia, you're breaking the law, even <laughs> if you have a medical card and you say you're using it as a medical patient. The only thing you can have is an oil, and it has to have less than 5% THC in it. <clears throat> wow. Um, and so that was my reason for moving. I would consider myself um, a cannabis medical refugee because I had to leave the state that I was in because I didn't have access to safe medicine, safe, regulated, tested medicine. And I'm... A, an advocate going around the state saying, hey, I use cannabis as medicine and so should you. Right. <laughs> so it need to be legal, man. She's about to get arrested. <laughs> so I felt like, honestly felt like it was just a matter of time before I would get caught with cannabis because I was, I always had it on me. I was either taking it, picking it up for someone or taking it to someone. Right. Like, you know, I became a resource for people to be able to find access to as safe as possible cannabis because I was looking for it. I was having to, of course, get it from out of state. Um, and so it literally felt like a weight was lifting off my shoulders as I drove cross country, not through Texas, but after we got <laughs> through Texas. <laughs> right. And, and recognizing when I get here, just how lighter I feel because I don't have to worry about going to a dispensary and picking up cannabis and driving it home, right? And I don't have to worry about that. That's not, a, that's not something that brings me anxiety. Right. Um, it, allows, it allowed me to focus more on my health. Um, and, and, um, I was so grateful that I got to, uh, the company that recruited me, um, <coughs> at the end of 2018, um, um, appointed me as called Aura Ventures, appointed me as director of business development in the Caribbean. 
Um, and, and they were the ones that sent me to Trinidad to speak at my first legalization rally in January of, 20, of, of 2019, um, which was a fantastic experience. Yeah, that had to been wild. Yeah, it was really, it was really special. I got to, um, you know... So it, it's legal there now? No, still not. So okay. it got decriminalized the December after that. It got okay. decriminalized at the Making end of... Making baby steps. Hey? Yeah, yes, they are. Do. And But I am working closely with um, All Mansions of Rastafari. That's the name of the NGO down there that held those legalization rallies. And I've been working very closely with them since... Um, since that rally to help consult on, you know, what they should say, what they put, should put in legislation, how they would structure expungement clinics, those kind of things as they move towards a legalization language in their in their laws. And wow. So that's been exciting. Um, so so coming here to, to, to Nevada um, really allowed me to fully engulf myself into a, can a legal cannabis space and industry. Um, and it, it, it's a great community because they have, um, they had such a welcoming small community of cannabis, uh, of cannabis advocates, I would say. And it was right. surprisingly women, which I love to see. Shout out to the chamber. It's shout out to the chamber. <laughs> chamber didn't exist then, but I'm so grateful for, for, um, it existing now yeah. and what the ladies have built. So shout out to, to T and Danny. So with the diagnosis in 17, yes. <clears throat> I know that was like obviously life-changing and it like, was. What, it was. did you have symptoms before that? Yeah. So what led me to, to get diagnosed, um, a year before that I had a rash all over my body that I, I assumed was candida. I, I didn't have medical insurance cause I was working for myself. Um, and I was doing the most, <laughs> um, you know, I, what started with losing my dad and my sister in a car accident in 06. Um, 10 years later culminated into me getting this virus. And so I was doing a lot of drugs and using sex to um, uh, manage that grief and that guilt because they died on their way to my 25th birthday party. Um, and so it was, it was a lot. And, and, and getting the virus or getting the diagnosis um, was really my wake-up call. It allowed me to realize that... That was um, like the rock bottom. Yes. That everyone I had a purpose, and this was not what it was going to be, um, and it really it really was an, um, a moment <laughs> of enlightening, enlightenment wow. for me. Um, I knew that I knew, like I said, I knew who Dr. Sebi was, mm -hmm. so I wasn't really... I knew that it was not impossible to, <clears throat> to heal naturopathically, you right. know? And so... Um, once I started on this journey and then cannabis became a part of the story um, so strongly, it, considering how much it's connected to my culture, um, I just knew that this was, this, was, this was it. This is what I was supposed to be doing. So educating my community has been my focus. Um, I started Cannabis Connection World back then in 2017, um, which started with a podcast. And it was really more for me to educate myself. Um, but I was launching a nonprofit chapter and, a, and, and that was something that I'd never done before. But I think the podcast is all about like learning your own shit yes. at the same time with other people are learning with you, you know, exactly. cause like, you know, that's exactly. what I said, babe, you gotta give me some grace. Cause you know, <laughs> shit, we had some technical yeah. difficulties. <laughs> We've been had technical difficulties, but we're all learning, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. exactly. And so that was, I started that while I was in Trinidad, I spent Christmas and new years in Trinidad. And um, with my 88-year-old aunt, which I'm so grateful that I did, um, she had a stroke that January of that following year, or March of that following year, um, and then two more strokes before she passed away. So she huh. was not the same after that Christmas. That was the last Christmas that she was actually um, conscious and aware. Um, and so I, I, you know, I'm so grateful that I did. I spent that time with her. Um, but that, and and that was just another sign of how my path was just kind of presenting itself for me. Like every decision that I make, it just fell into place. Um, me going to Trinidad for a month, knowing I, I had to come back and get on this plant-based diet <laughs> that I would have to be, you know, really restricted. Alkaline and shit, yeah. You know, I knew that that was coming. I've always known that. From the time I got out the hospital in 2017, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, there's going to have to be a process and a, t a period where I detox cleanse and it's going to require me to eat this and do this. And I'm okay with that because I know that it's possible. Um, and so I said, um, when, after I got out the hospital, that, that summer came around and I called my family in Trinidad and I was like, I want to come and spend Christmas and New Year's there. I hadn't 
been there since I, you know, for years, probably 10 years um, since I'd been down there. Cause we used to go every year, my family and I mm. did. I'm the first grandchild on oh, my mom's side. Nice. So um, I've been going to Trinidad nice since you I grew was up, like, in three, the culture. four years old. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. See, I got to go to Jamaica now. Cause now that I know that my <laughs> grandfather was Jamaican, yeah, I'm like, you got to go connect. I have that to. Land. And that makes Absolutely. sense. Yes. And Absolutely. I was going to ask you, what makes somebody a Rastafarian for real? Like oh, they have yeah. to be, That's don't they have to question. be spiritually like, so there's, so the, any Rasta will tell you that it's not a religion, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a, it's a commitment to behaving in a certain way um, and your commitment to behaving in that, in that certain way and treating others in a certain way is, um, is the balance of um, I and I, um, I do unto others as I would have mm -hmm. them do unto me, I take care of my family, the, you know, ganja, the herb helps me to connect to source. I use it, it for spiritual um, practice. Um, and you eat Ito food, you know, you eat from the earth. Um, and so making those different commitments, it's, it's more of a lifestyle that you commit to and you say that you understand that that's how and what Rastafarian is, is being a Rastafarian is. Jamaica. Yes, girl, you got to get down there. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a lifestyle. And it's funny because when my dad started growing his locks um, later in his career, um, it was interesting because there was a dynamic in my house because not everybody from the Caribbean thinks that Rastafarians are cool. <laughs> not everybody. There's, there's a certain dynamic where some people think that Rastafarians are rebels and they cause trouble. Um, but they never were that as much as they were just standing up for wanting to grow the Stand herb. Up for your rights. That's right. Like the herb was so bad, so important to them in their yes. lifestyle. And it wasn't like they were hurting anybody by using it. So let them use the herb. But no, it was they it criminalized them and demonized them. And they were forced to become outcasts and go up into the mountains to continue to grow the herb because they knew how valuable it was to them. They knew what it was sacred to them. And so they refused. And if it wasn't for them wanting to continue to grow the herb and not go along with Babylon law, um, then we would not have lamb's breath in Jamaica today. That's the, that's what everybody wants to smoke when they go to Jamaica. And we wouldn't have it if we, it weren't for these tribes. Right. And that's um, crazy to me, like how everyone pushes away these people that are really doing something. They're the know? ones that have kept these it's land crazy. race genetics alive. Yeah. That we wouldn't have them if it wasn't for them. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to all, all indigenous, the tribes. all yes. tribes, everybody. That, that continue to grow their, their medicinal plants that their parent, that the generation before them grew. I just got to see your nails here. Keeping this weed. Let me see the other side. Yes. Yeah, show the camera. Show the camera your weed nails. I just got it done today. My girl, Jaquetta. <laughs> I love her. She does. She's an artist. She's a true artist. So yes, yeah, you got to peep her, all her weed. I had to wear my weed orgone today. My little EMF blocker. I love it. Oh yeah, great, good stuff. Yeah, right? this guy in Hawaii makes like really pretty pieces. Oh, I love that. Um, I have a sweet. Sweet Chiba, baby. She's an artist out of yeah. Atlanta, a sister out of Atlanta. That's the one I thought was Nug Jewels. Yeah. Shout out to a, them, too. Yes. I like their jewelry as well. Yeah. Oh, I got one. Actually, I got one here. And shout out to Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your other cultural? No, my boy, my boy's from Ghana, and he, oh. he went there for a month, so he like brought oh, it back. Oh, Ghana. I, that's that's yeah. on my list. So that's one of the countries I'm working with. It was with. like beautiful. I'm working with Ghana. I'm working with Kenya. Um, where where there are Rastafarian tribes and have been. They're all through the African diaspora. And in those places where there are Rastafarian tribes, there's ganja growing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Ganja, man. <laughs> it's growing because they took the herb with them. It's not something that you right. leave behind. As a, as a Rasta, as in that lifestyle, you understand the value of utilizing the herb, right? Um, they're the first ones that I saw making it into a tea. They're the first ones I would see put it in, putting it in water and sipping on it all day long. Like they, that's that's the medicine, and they understand. They've always understood the value of that medicine, um, and that's my passion project to um, to be able to tell the stories of these indigenous tribes and Rastafarian tribes specifically um, because of my connection. My connection to them. You need is... a travel partner. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to. Um, to be treading through the mountains and the jungle and um, on these Caribbean islands and in Africa, um, having conversations with families and generations of families that um, have 
endured and made sure that they can continue to grow um, this medicine um, and make sure that they get, they profit from the value of what comes from the medicine that they've been able to um, keep genetically alive and valuable because I, I truly believe that that's where we're going to find the cure for cancer. You know, I mean, we already know what cannabis and cancer do, but like that's where we'll find that that land race, that genetic, that one flower <laughs> that, that this one cures cancer, cures pancreatic cancer. This one cures liver cancer. This one wipes AIDS, wipes HIV right out of the body. So we haven't even been able to test most of these land races because they're in places where it's still illegal. Oh, that's so fucked up. <laughs> If you think about it, yeah. you know, like <clears throat> how deep it goes of how, because it's crazy how much you could help the world if you just legalize, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you like allowed so us many to people. test it, if you allowed us to do the research, <clears throat> it's just like the we possibilities would, would be endless. endless. Yeah. But I am happy that I live here because I couldn't like, I felt like out of place in my state, you know, cause it was. So where were you? I was Jersey. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Jersey just came on board, and there's still going to be a while before they figure things out over there. Yeah, they so. just, like, don't care. They're like, ah, whatever. Like, they canceled the cannabis convention last year I was supposed to go to. Oh, really? And I, yeah, I was so mad because Mendo Dope, like, these guys I interviewed, they're, like, big cannabis growers in Cali, and they're rappers, and they were, like, going to perform in Atlantic City. It was, like, crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? You're in my hometown? Like, I got to go. <laughs> and they canceled, like, three days before because oh, of the cannabis. Yeah, no, because oh. of like it's a cannabis convention, so they just oh. be like, you know, fucking with people. But they just had fish, like sixty thousand people on the beach. Like, I was like, y'all are some fucking haters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm there's a lot of that Vegas. going around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know you were doing holistic living with the HIV series. Yes, and yeah. I know you did one with Chef Stacy Dugan. Yes, we her did too. that. Yes, we did that um, a couple weeks ago. We just did our meditation. meditation and movement episode. Um, if you want, if you didn't catch it live, it's fine. You can find all of the episodes on, um, Facebook at M, the number four, MM United, um, on, um, YouTube channel, same name, M, the number four, MM United. Um, and then on my purple plant magic Instagram, um, they are all posted as videos and, um, and you can also find us on, um, minorities for medical marijuana's LinkedIn page. Okay. Where did purple plant magic come from? Oh, so when I started, I, I mentioned earlier that I, when I started my first, the name of my first business was called Cannabis Connection World um, because I felt like the plant connects us all, the entire okay. world. Um, and that's where I housed my podcast. So you can find my podcast online at Cannabis Connection World. Um, but I, um, I knew because I, of these mentors that I've had the pleasure to have had as I've um, gone through what feels like graduate school because it's only been four years i'm going on to my fifth year in this space um and what has been amazing is that these women have taught me so much and and that they've been women of color mostly um that have been able um to guide me and mentor me through the space and so one of the things that i've learned from understanding these women that came before me that have built businesses and brands was that one of their biggest concerns across the board was if their business name has cannabis in it or marijuana or weed. They don't touch the plant. These are, we, these are people, women that I'm talking about don't have dispensary licenses or they're not cultivators. They're brands and businesses like Roz, Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Um, but having the word in your name, in your business name, you run the risk of your business being shut down. You run the risk of your bank accounts being frozen. You might not be touching plant at all, but it's it was just the environment, and it still is, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why you know cannabis companies can't put their money in the bank. That's why I made my logo a little more professional <laughs> because my Grand Theft Auto of me with wine and a blunt. I was yeah. like, this is really not promotable. <laughs> you cool. and you have to think this about is good those for stickers. Things. No, this is cool for stickers. Great right, for stickers. Yeah. Well, you have to. <laughs> And you have to think about these things when you actually are wanting to decide to, to have an LLC yeah. or, you know, if you want to create curriculum, because that's what I do. I'm a consultant. And I realized that if I was going to get paid as a consultant and I didn't want to, I knew I, I always knew I would have to change the name eventually. Um, and so my mentor, Roz, um, last April um, helped me. We did a brainstorming session, a creative brainstorming session, and she helped me to um, work through that process and we came up with purple plant magic and that's how that was born um and then in july of last year uh roz suffered a traumatic brain injury um she was in a car accident and 
um, she blacked out about three different times, and and finally she her son was go, was going off to college. Her baby girl had just graduated and was in college, and so she was an empty nester, and so she called me and asked me to come and stay with her because. She was terrified she was going to black out again. She didn't know what was going on. The symptoms from a traumatic brain injury, you know, having a concussion, it's it's bad. She couldn't look at her screen for very long, so I had to take over her phone, you know, oh. emails, all of that stuff. Um, and, and so uh, going and being with her, I stayed with her for 17 days. Uh, we're going to write a book about it, about that experience, but it really helped to shape what I could possibly <coughs> do as a consultant. And so it helped to open up what services that Purple Plant Magic actually offers even more. So outside of me being able to um, create a custom curriculum for maybe training your salespeople or training your customer, the consumer that might buy your product, um, I also provide um, coaching and mentoring when it comes to how you go about choosing naturopathic methods to, to heal the body, teaching you about the endocannabinoid system, helping you to understand how to use cannabis to help recover. Right. Um, you know, not saying that everybody needs one certain thing, um, but understanding how to find what works for you and works best for you is kind of what, how purple right. plant Because people just offers. also think like, I'm just like, I don't want to get high. I don't want to be a stoner. It's like, you can use any part of the plant, you know, it doesn't have to be. Ross, Ross THC. Created, I personally just like to be high. Pers like, Ross created <laughs> and then the minorities benefits are cool. <laughs> for the, right. My, Ross created minorities for medical marijuana, not because she used cannabis, but because she was, a, she's a sickle cell mom. She has a son who's now an adult that um, had, was born with sickle cell. And so managing his pain um, and recognizing that she was looking for people to help educate her about cannabis and how to use it, and nobody that looked like her, um, could, she couldn't find that at that time. And that's why she created M4MM. And so, um, but she was never really a user. All her friends were, and the people she, she you wow, know, loved crazy. and cared about, but she didn't. And so when this happened, and I had to put her on a regiment for like the first 24 hours that I was there, the very next day, I, I put her on a regimen. Every four hours, she was taking 1,500 milligrams of CBD. And within 72 hours, she was completely transformed. Like I was going to say, did you give her CBD? Yeah, like, full spectrum CBD. Yep. Yeah. That's it. I mean, she was dosing It's so with, crazy how it's a brain, like it's a... Uh, it, 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 everything, Neuroprotecting, right? yeah, exactly. regenerates. So for like, strokes, for... Dementia. All of those things, there's a formula that out, that's, that's best for that individual. Now, you know, she's tapered off since then, but that was because her brain was misfiring so much. And that's, it was great because I just had, we just had a Dr. Damas on. He's a former NFL player. That's the event that I had on Saturday that I hosted on Saturday, Health is Wellness. <coughs> and Roz was also my guest. And we talked about, he talked about specifically because he suffers from CTE as a mm -hmm. former NFL player um, and, and um, you know, long-term effects of concussions. And he was talking about the value of using CBD, especially when after a stroke or after getting diagnosed with a TBI, like how important it is to try to increase the amount of CBD that you're using right after the diagnosis so that you can get the brain. Because the brain is not firing the way it usually does, and it just needs some help. And that's what phytocannabinoids do. They help. They, they assist. They pass the, the assist. Um, to help your brain, to help your body functioning better. Because when our own endocannabinoids are not doing what they need to do because it, the brain has been injured or the body has been injured, those phytocannabinoids help. Right. And that's, and so... It gets so deep. It's like, it gets so deep. I didn't even know there was this much shit with weed. And that's why <laughs> I vape my cannabis. That's why Cheers. this is... Yes. Shout out to Royal Blunts and their goji Shout out to Da Vinci. Um, I really love my Da Vinci vaporizer. This allows me to vaporize dry flour to the degree. Um, so what's you know, your degree? I really like 277. <laughs> um, sevens are just my number anyway. And so it's not too hot. Um, a lot of terpenes burn off uh, uh, right around that 240, 250. Um, so I don't want to get it too hot to where I miss some of those terpenes. So um, and you got to think about your cannabinoids and when, and what temperature those different ones burn off as well. But, um, I try to keep it, I try to keep it under 300. 
I just smoke a blunt usually. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference is combustion. <laughs> combustion is like 600 degrees. And yes, so, you oh, yeah, you did tell me that yeah, the last so time. So vaping is, is, is just a cleaner way. So what happens it's, with combustion? I'm basically... Um, you said I'm disrespecting the weed. Yeah, I did say that. So, so, the, so the way tell that to the Rastas, <laughs> right? So the way that this plant was designed and created, um, because of all of its beautiful medical benefits, um, you're losing so much of those medicinal properties when you burn it. Because anything that you burn and you inhale the smoke of it, you're inhaling the toxins that are released when you burn it. Um, and specifically with cannabis, now since we know so much about the plant <coughs> and understand how it works, um, you know, for example, the the study that just came out on COVID and cannabis, um, those compounds when you burn it, you don't get those compounds from the plant. And by the way, those compounds are found in the hemp plant, not in the cannabis plant with high THC. That's the first thing. But when you heat up that plant, that hemp plant, those cannabinoids in that form in their acid form fall off. So you're not even getting those. Any tincture that you're using, you're not getting those, those acid molecules. And so um, just understanding based on what this research that came out of Oregon said, uh, there's so much more for us to learn about the plant. I mean, those compounds stop the SARS virus, the COVID virus from entering into your cells. That's what it does, blocks it, won't allow it in. So it, yes, cannabis does, um, does stop COVID, does cure COVID, um, but not when you smoke it. So I, I don't know if anybody actually read the research or the articles. You probably just read the headlines, <laughs> but um, no, not when you smoke a joint, you're going to stop COVID. This doesn't work that way. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just learned that uh, we, THC blocks Novocaine. Uh, THC blocks it. Well, so so THC, uh, the, the receptor that, that Novocaine <clears throat> would attach to, THC also attaches to. So if you have THC in your system, then the Novocaine could possibly not attach to the receptor that it's supposed right, to attach to. Right, because like I learned with my tattoos, like it, this shit doesn't work. Oh. And we figured it out, me and my tattoo guy, because he smokes a lot. And he's like, I remember I went to the dentist and like they gave me like four needles and I, it was like, still didn't feel yeah, anything. and he's like, because I smoke a lot. He's like, you smoke a lot. He's like, yeah, that's yeah. probably why it doesn't work. Probably I'm doesn't like, work. oh, right. cool. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm fucked. All right, whatever. Just keep going. <laughs> so in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> um, and I would rather use cannabis as, as pain medicine, right? So I remember when I had to get, the last time I had to get dental work um, and they wanted to give me the numbing stuff. And I was like, look, I, can I just put RSO on it? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to put that shit on it. I really don't want you to inject me with that, for real. I'm That's scared. It. I hate that shit. <laughs> it makes you feel all weird. I had, like, my whole mouth Oh, on. it's the worst feeling in the world. Like, am I drooling? Am I drooling? <laughs> but terrible. It's terrible. I, yeah, I, I raise hell at the dentist, bitch. I'm going to give a fuck. These people out here are crazy. <laughs> fucking with my mouth. Mouth, I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> Got my um, one more root canal before I'm fucking burning this shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, I, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm grateful to be in this space to be able to have access to the information that we have access to. Um, you know, in a few months, I will be able to promote uh, very uh, black-owned brands in this space that'll be coming out with products that will have these um, phytocannabinoids in them that stop COVID. Um, you know, so it's exciting times. Right? It is. It's like, cause everything's unfolding. Yes. You know? No, it's always something new. Right. It's always something new with this I mean, space. you're about to travel the world. So, so I, it's crazy. I'm <laughs> traveling the world because of cannabis. Yeah. Like, like you're living the dream. I, and y'all wonder like, this is like why you're so happy, you know, living the dream. I am. This is my best life. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, you know, how you doing out there in Vegas? I'm like, I am. I'm thriving, I'm grinding and shining, <laughs> we glowing and growing. Okay, <laughs> all of those, all of the above. Um, it, this was the best move I could have made. Um, it really did help me to um, get into a legal, regulatory, regulated space and industry and state. And you know, I got quoted in 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 a newspaper for the first time um, based on my um, uh, my. Uh, testimony in front of Congress while they were changing the laws and getting consumption lounge bills passed. And, you know, it's just, it's great. This is what, 
this is the dream. This is um, being able to teach and educate my community, um, getting other people involved. You're just living in your advocate. purpose. Yeah, and it feels pretty damn good. Damn, amen. <laughs> I say, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I love, um, I really love um, that I get to, you know, wake up every day and get excited about what I'm going to learn new. Right. Shout out to the to Cannabis News Hour on Clubhouse that is Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Shout out to to that whole team of reporters that that get to share with us the articles um, on cannabis, and it's just great because um, I get to learn so much. Um, it's better than any Google search that I could do. Um, you know, you understand. The propaganda that's happening, you understand the bullshit, you see through it, you, you recognize like what gets reported on, what doesn't get reported on, right? You know, what makes the news and what doesn't. Um, you know, Thailand just went legal. Yeah, they, I don't know if y'all heard about that, um, but they're going to allow you um, to now use cannabis in Thailand. And the, the very next day or two days after they legalized it in Thailand, there's a report of a man who cuts off his dick because he was too high. What? <laughs> 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 and they are literally blaming it on cannabis because the only thing that they could find in his system is weed. Uh, but they didn't test for anything else, right? That's the other thing. They might have tested for cocaine, whatever. But the point is that you have to see through the bullshit. You have to understand that that they that there are people that people are scared are not, of what this yeah, plan can accept, do. They don't want to accept it. And, and you have to understand that there's going to be a whole different era and version of reefer madness, right? It, it, you know, there are going to be people out there that are getting paid by pharmaceutical companies <laughs> to try to keep this propaganda and lie going about cannabis. And, we, you know, at this point, there's just too much information out there, too much research um, that proves what the plant does. Um, and, and you just, you would... You would have to be. You can't. You can't argue facts. No, you. There's Sorry. no way that you can argue with <laughs> the information that has come out in the right. last 30 years, 40 years, especially. Um, you know, now we know about the endocannabinoid system. We didn't know about that before. We knew that using this plant made you feel better, but we couldn't explain it. And right. now we can explain it on a cellular level, how it works in our bodies, right. why it works the way it does. And then we're just scratching the surface on terpenes. I mean, shout out to terpenoline. Oh, terpenoline. That's, <laughs> that's my I shit. I love her. <laughs> terpenoline and myrcene. And myrcene is oh, more no, like I a I don't want to be down. Uh, but, but if you mix terpenoline with a little bit of myrcene and you add some limonene in there, <laughs> girl, you got you. I love limonene. Oh, and, that's my baby. Yeah, I love limonene. I love how it makes you feel. But it, 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 that's the thing about these terpenes, because, yeah, I recognize that if something has heavy myrcene, if that's the first cannabin, I mean, terpene in the profile, then it's probably going to have more sedative effects. But if it's maybe the second or third, and then if it's, you know, beta myrcene, and it, it's just so many different ways yeah. that when you mix them all up. I just try to stay away from myrcene always. Uh, I, I, myrcene's come from mangoes, and mangoes are my favorite fruit, and it's just something about mm. the way that it tastes. I didn't and, know that. Oh, I love mangoes. And so, yeah, mangoes is also found in that. If you, if you consume a mango before you smoke, it will increase your high. Oh yeah. I've heard that. I thought that was, that's why, because it's because of the mercy. So that's real. Yeah, that's real. Yes. Yes. It's very real. What's in, what do you, what do we got? An oh, I have tea? some ginger tea with some flour added in there and a little bit of mint. Yeah. Do you have your dose down, like, to the T? Yeah, I, I can eyeball it because I use a little sifter um, that I add everything into. And so I know based on how much I can put in that. But it's about, you know, maybe a, maybe a third of a gram per dose. And I fill this up about three times a day. Oh, okay. So it's, like, small. Yeah. It's my, like, my micro-dosing. <laughs> and I sip it, but I sip it throughout the day, right? Right. So it's consistently in me. But when I use it in this way... It's not like smoking. Um, you know, and I also love my concentrates. Shout out to Honey Badger. Thank you for my Honey Badger. Um, but I, uh, concentrates also help me to um, just be able to... It, ha, concentrates are not as heavy as RSO, even though RSO is a concentrate. But it's concentrate made in a different way. Are those um, dabs? Is that what you're talking about? The, so you can't dab RSO. 
But right. yes, concentrates the would be a dab. The honey badger is a dab, right? Yes, I, I did be, one of those. With, I would be uh, dabbing concentrates <laughs> in my with my honey badger. That is correct. Um, so the, the biggest thing that I have to manage is pain. Um, and so I, because of my fibroids. And so every month I'm having to manage that pain. And so I gave up Tylenol. I gave up all pain medicines, even over-the-counter pain medicines in 2018. And that's when I started using RSO, recognizing the value that it had for its antiviral properties, helping to keep my viral load down. Uh, but also the properties that it has to help manage pain. So I've, I haven't been on pain medicine in, in almost four years now. Um, and so, so once I discovered concentrates was about a year ago, I guess now I did a, um, I did a, um, a, a participated in a, a great opportunity here in Vegas and was able to try a lot of different concentrates from different brands. Um, and so, of course, I fell in love with everything else that I fall in love with that GLP makes. And so GLP makes my my favorite flower, Miss X, and my favorite concentrate, not solventless concentrate, because that's all I consume when it comes to concentrates is solventless. Right. That's important as we well. Had a, I had a hash guy on here. Yeah. So they broke that down for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to- Rising versus um, rosin and all that stuff. See, shout out to the Dank Duchess. Um, she is- um, I love this sister so much, but she is, uh, hashish is her niche. That's her title. That's her claim to fame. And so she was taught oh, that's cute. by Frenchie. <laughs> she was taught by that's Frenchie. Cute. Everybody in the concentrate world knows who that is or the hashish world knows who that is. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so she does the solventless ice water bath, old school, um, extraction process. Um, and she also really has opened up my eyes to what microdosing can do and um, understanding more about mushrooms. She grows her own babies. And so I just love her to death. So shout out to the Dank yeah, Duchess. Shout She's out dope to as, mushrooms as well. Dope as hell. In I all love forms. Some, They're and, just and good And that's another thing that I wanted to share is like I, when I started this and I've been saying I've, I've kind of shifted now that I have purple plant magic. Um, is uh, that I was I, I would always introduce myself as a cannabis patient and a cannabis advocate, um, and now I'm a plant medicine patient and a plant medicine advocate because cannabis is just one of the many plants that I utilize to help me heal. Right. Um, but it's definitely not the only one. I, I have an arsenal of plants that I use. The food that I eat every day is my medicine, and so I'm plant based. Um, but psilocybin is part of my, you know, regiment. Um, daily or not daily, but monthly at least. Um, and you know, cannabis is more daily. Um, but I use other herbs, you know, burdock root and sea moss and all of these plants hey. <laughs> that I that I utilize to help my body be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, operated. It's, it's just amazing optimum. how you can like heal your body and your like with plants. You know, yeah, it is like, people amazing. don't believe it. You know, they don't believe it until they see it, right. and that's what getting this virus helped me to realize that that was going to be my legacy. That was going to be what I was going to leave um, for my community and for my people and in memory of me was showing people that it's possible, being an example, Damn. being that testimony. That's a lot though. That's a lot, right? It is. So what are you doing like to calm down like your off time when you're not saving the world because guys remind mind you she has control over eight states okay <laughs> western regional director yes eight yeah. states eight states okay um, for m for mm that, so for, that's just one hat right we got a lot I, of I, hats I, I sit on the board for the chamber of cannabis for my second year i sit on the board board of directors for acam association of cannabis health equity and medicine um an organization started by the knox doctors and then i'm going to be launching the uh Nevada State Committee for the National Cannabis Party um, this year. So hey. staying very busy. Shout out, Shout out to Safita and Redman, National Party. Cannabis Party. Yep. Um, so yeah, so staying very busy. What do I do to um, hiking? Yeah. Hiking is my thing. Um, I like to be able to um, do a little bit more than a microdose for my full moon <laughs> ceremony. Right. And so I try to um, disconnect around that time. Um, when I start feeling the energy, you know, I, I put my phone outside my room at night and, uh, um, I let the full moonlight kind of shine in. It's, it's, it's something that I try to, it, I can feel when it's time to like try to disconnect. And so leaving my phone, you know, putting my phone in another room is the way for me to relax. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and try to just have some, you know, some inner time. So I try to do that once a month with that full moon um, uh, cycle. And 
Um, getting outside as much as I can um, is another really great reason of moving to Vegas. Um, I didn't realize it, but yeah, of course, you know, it gets hot here. We are in the desert, but I love it, nine man. months out of the year, it's not too bad. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, what, where, what, what fucking month are we in now? Yeah, February? Exactly. <laughs> February 1st? <laughs> exactly. Look, February 1st. Okay. Look, I'm chilling. Right. It's not that bad. It's Only not when that it's windy. Bad. When the wind is fucked up. The, that's the only thing, and that's what I tell people. That was the biggest difference from moving from Georgia to here was, of course, the weather and the lack of humidity. Did, the lack of humidity, um, and then of course it was the um, it was getting used to not looking for rain because you know you check the weather, you're like, okay, is it going to rain today, or how cold is it going to be? In Atlanta, you got at least seasons. Here, it's like, is it going to be wind over? 15 degrees, <laughs> I mean, 15 miles That's per hour. Like, <laughs> when it gets into the 20s, it can be dangerous. <laughs> having your car, like, <laughs> listen. So it's funny. So now I don't check to see if it's going to rain because we're in the desert and hardly ever rains. I, I check to see what that wind <laughs> factor is going to be. So I know how to prepare. Do I need to cover my head and my ears and my neck? <laughs> that should be, that's just crazy. I didn't, I didn't know it got like cold out here. I thought it was like, <laughs> always hot uh -uh. and people were like oh you could get rid of your winter clothes i'm like i'm not mm, throwing my shit out i did the same thing i thought i left all my winter clothes <laughs> in georgia right I, I just bought all new shit i was like i'm taking everything i, I it left was a horrible experience georgia <laughs> and horrible. so i was like i'm not gonna need any winter clothes ever i'm moving to las vegas next time i'm paying someone to take a u-haul if i'm moving back across country because that shit was fucked up I, I wouldn't do it by myself it definitely was great that i had my mom and my sister so i'm grateful for that that experience Speaking of wind, it's windy as fuck right now. It's a little, it's a little chill in the air tonight. Um, what do you got for upcoming? What's what's going on for projects, groups? <sighs> um, so I finished the uh, Holistic Living's um, with HIV series um, on the 14th of February with my acupuncturist, Dr. Nina Tabor, um, and she is owns a clinic called Tribe with Roots. And um, I'm really excited to have her on. So that I'll be on Monday, the February 14th, um, the Monday coming up after this shows. Um, and uh, and I um, am also going to be speaking in Puerto Rico at a conference there um, that we're coordinating with the National Cannabis Party. Um, and uh, I'm going to be going to Belize. Um, I got accepted into Chef Aki's Disease Reversal Program. So excited to participate in that. Really um, always knew that I would have to be in the Caribbean or be back to go back to Africa, um, somewhere close to where I would have access to the plants and fruits and herbs that I would need to really heal. Um, and Trinidad's borders are closed right now, um, to anyone who's unvaccinated. So Belize is wide open. All you got to do is show a negative COVID test. So, um, or an antigen test, which I have. Because uh, I got antibodies now, <laughs> um, and so I'm headed to Belize to experience that um, that healing process down there <laughs> with, with uh, Chef Aki. This girl's just amazing. She's just traveling the world, fucking. So I'm excited about that because that's going to really give me the tools that I need to come right. back and 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 um, and, and healing is like just a journey anyway. It is know, absolutely it does not happen overnight. So I want to spend two weeks down mm -hmm. there. Um, but the program that she's developed and created is a 45 day program. So she's, you know, gives you your recipes for 45 days, give you your herbs that you got to take, you know, for 45 days. And, um, you know, we'll see what, what happens. That's the, that's the goal to stick to that stick, cons be consistent, stay committed to the diet and to the program. Um, you're already so happy come out that, on the other side. Like you're already so happy now, but when you come back from Belize, you're going to be like, <sighs> A whole new person. Yeah, you're gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I'm excited I met you on like at this point in your journey and it's like crazy how it all connected. Yes. And you look amazing in this fucking in this purple light. <laughs> I love Shout it. out to the lighting. Yes. Because our Buddha looks so cool. Yes. Like he's just been glowing the whole time. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. He has. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, did you have a good time? <laughs> I had a fantastic time. It went by so fast. Are we done? We're done. Wow. Um, did I talk about everything? I, w I talked about what's coming up, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so wait, what's an ancestral reading? Oh, that's right. We didn't talk about that. Okay. Um, so, uh, January of last year, a year ago, um, 
I got an ancestral reading from this amazing, talented sister uh, called Jale Boyd Phillips. You can find her at jaleboydphillips.com. And she has a spiritual, she has a connection with the spiritual realm. So just like you and I are here talking, um, she can go in and commune with the ancestors and with the spirit guides. Um, she, you know, asks the spirit guides permission. She asks the, the spirit realm permission to sit and commune with them and, um, and, and be a guide through this process for Nicole. And so she calls forth Nicole's ancestors. I got to connect with my dad um, during that ancestral reading for the first time. Um, and, um, and then she proceeds to just tell you what they want you to know. Um, and it was life-changing for me. Um, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. And so <laughs> religion, organized religion, institutional religion doesn't teach you about being spiritual. Like they teach right. you to follow their rules and call was, God yeah, this. Christian. I was and, Christian. Yeah. And, and, and it's that not, shit was like a box. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And it was for the first time I under, I, I truly understood that, wow, okay, there's a whole, you know, uh, and, and honestly, before that experience, I knew what was open, eye opening for me was my first time doing ayahuasca. Oh. And that happened in May of 2019. So that happened right before the world changed and shifted. Right. And then I found this lady and was able to get an ancestral reading from her a year later, um, or I guess two years later, because it was 2021, the beginning of 2021. But I had saved up and paid for this reading back in 2020. Like when I heard about the lady, I was, I think it was a cost like $500. So I had to save up money, you know, and, and make sure that I got it. And so that I wasn't able to get the appointment until January. Um, but I had bought it back in like October of the summer. And so getting the reading was like confirmation. Okay. Now that I've done ayahuasca and I got to see daddy and Alicia there in that experience. And then, Ooh. and then having an ancestral reading a year or so later, and that helped me to connect with them. And then over the summer, I, my birthday present last year to myself, my 40th birthday present to myself was, um, getting, taking her chakra class. Um, and I thought I was going to go in there and learn about chakras because the class was called Chakra 101. So I was like, oh, I'm about to be the master of my seven chakras. Well, the body has 114 chakras. <laughs> That's at minimum. Um, most women have more than that amount because, you know, we have an, an overwhelming abundance of them in our uterus, in our womb, because our uterus is the gateway to heaven. So and, and chakras are only, you know, portals to the spiritual world, to the spiritual realm. That's how you, that's how you would consider them. So consider them portals to other energetic, um, energy and, and, and other things that you can't see and physically touch. Um, and so understanding that connection, I had no idea that this chakra class was going to teach me how to commune with my ancestors. But after an, a four week, six week course, that's what happened. Um, she taught us how to and go it's into like your pretty safe much like place. you're giving yourself your own grief counseling. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because I was gonna say, you know, like what's something that you? That's like, I mean, big it's, losses. It has gone so. beyond that at this point. And um, now it's like it, you ayahuasca see that was. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. life beyond, right? Mm -hmm. Energy can be only can only be transferred. It can't be destroyed. So when you die, your soul, your energy that existed and and allowed you to exist now gets transferred. Right. To, to something, someone else. And so understanding that under, you know, this experience, I, I my spiritual, um, my spiritual, uh, counselor, um, is, uh, Reverend Kwame Kamal, uh, shout out to Reverend Kwame Kamal. He is, um, an African reparations minister. Um, and you can catch, uh, our health is wellness episode, um, on M for MM's um, YouTube channel, um, M the number four MM United. Um, we did an episode in December called how Christ used cannabis. It's a fascinating episode. I highly recommend that, that you go and find it and watch that. So I did the interview, the person I interviewed for that, that, um, episode, that month's episode was, uh, Reverend Kwame Kamau. And he is writing a book called How I Lost Religion and Found God. Um, and that kind of sums up what this spiritual journey has right. been for me. Me recognizing that institutionalized religion is not for me mm -hmm. um, and that we are all just spiritual beings having a human experience. And so I'm very grateful to have had 
that ancestral reading um, a year ago that was transformative and, and now having a better understanding of how to commune with my ancestors and spirit guides. Because now I, I, I do, I'm, I'm mastering, you know, how to set my intentions and manifest things. And right. that's because of that spiritual connection, I truly believe. So, because that's what's been happening for me the last year. So really yeah, excited. That's what, I mean, that's really Just getting started. I'm like at the tip of the iceberg. Like you're deep in it. Uh, but like, no, I'm, I'm not, not doing no, no ayahuasca not. yet. Uh, oh girl, that's life changing. I, right. Well, I'm good with shrooms for now. Um, acid, <laughs> you do have to be ready. Acid fucked me up. Didn't like it. No, so I'm no, just, no. you know, I no. don't even No, It's, it's, uh, but ayahuasca it's something I'm natural, not ready for. I no, think. absolutely. You know, you have to be ready for it. Right. Definitely. Definitely don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Right. Like, definitely. Like, Prepare yourself because I mean, and, but with that particular plant medicine, you do have to prepare yourself like they they recommend you not right. eat, you know, eat clean for like 48 hours before you do. Yeah, ayahuasca. I'm, not, I'm not there in my life. You're going to purge and you're going <laughs> to there's some things that are going to happen. I do, but I do believe that like because I grew up in religion <laughs> and it wasn't even like we followed religion. It was just like we were in it, but like no one followed it. You know right. what I mean? Um, and then I went to like a Christian high school and I was just like. Y'all are so like one-sided. Yeah, I was like the bad kid, so I couldn't walk at graduation because oh, I shit. everyone smoked weed at prom with me. And there's like <laughs> like seven out of like the twenty kids, <laughs> and we all we all couldn't walk at graduation because we smoked weed at prom. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> I was that kid. Oh, so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But like now uh. that I found like spirituality, you know, like it's. I just feel like I just kind of believe in everything. Like I believe there there's a God. I just believe that we should just spread love and that's it just it. goes around. You that's know what, what I mean? That's what that's what has happened um, for me. Um, I I it came to a point where I had to admit to my uh, I just be <laughs> to my ungrateful. Christian women's group that prayer circle that I'm a part of that we meet every week. Um, I had to admit to that to them that um, that I I the only religion that I claim is love. Um, I can't claim any other religion, um, any other organized religion. Um, just understanding where I am on my spiritual journey, um, I w it would be selfish of me to say that I was this or that, or, right? You know, because and I, so I, feel, I just I'm like I'm like I'm just chilling. Love is my religion. <laughs> <laughs> that's my jam. My religion. Yes, yeah. So that so that's what that's the conclusion that I came to after taking the chakra class and getting this ancestral reading that. I knew long. I no longer could claim a religion. Um, that I was a spiritual being having a human experience, and my job was to spread love and truth, um, and talk about my experience and being transparent and help people save themselves. Um, that's my purpose in this lifetime. So, um, I don't know if there's any religion that um, that can uh, identify with that and and put that into a box. But that's where I am. I'm outside the box. Right. <laughs> well, you've been purple since. I, I thought thing. you was going to wear the boots. Um, yeah, no, I um, I didn't put the boots on tonight. Shout out to the Kyries. They, they, they look good on the, the shout, orange. Sh shout out to the velvety the. Adidas. They got the wine color. Oh, I cranberry. Yes, that's my color. That wine color. I love it. Okay, so Black History Month. Oh. Is there any one thing that you... Um, like one special piece of hi history that you know that you want other people to know? Um, I think I shared a little bit already when I talked about the tribes, know, uh, the, the Rastafarians, mm -hmm. the tribes, you know, um, we owe them so much. We owe them all our cannabis. Anybody who smokes cannabis owes a little bit of gratitude, um, respect to those Rastafarian tribes and communities. And, you know, as an advocate, I say, when you go to these different countries to experience that culture, um, it's important that you let those governments know how valuable you find this culture and, and that they deserve to be a part of the legal space. Like, you, you need to say something when you don't see them in ownership positions. It's, it's the least that we can do, um, is to give them more and give back. Um, so, you know, and, and reach out to me if there, if you want to find ways to be able to do that, to be able to support these communities, cause there are ways to do that. Um, but we, they are fighting all over the African diaspora right now to try to 
um, not allow the governments in Babylon that have been keeping it from them for so long to take it away from them um, and not allow them in. Um, and um, and so there's there's ways. And if you want to support, then um, please reach out because there are ways to support what's happening. If you love cannabis um, as much as I do, just reach out um, because that culture um, and, and the, the respect that we have for the herb, it came from that lifestyle. Um, they were very much a part of in the in the in our latest century of um, of helping to keep that culture alive and and recognizing the value of, of that plant. So, I mean, I just love that we have this giant nug right here. <laughs> and like, you know. Yes, yes. Shout out to the Cannabis Museum. Yes. Shout out to this Buddha. <laughs> this beautiful Buddha. Yes. 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 Thanks for having me, honey. Yes, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Appreciate everyone. And uh, shout out to Send Media. Shout out to Hugo over there. Yes. Thank making, you, making the the nice lighting work. <laughs> Y'all are going to see more interviews somewhere yeah. in the big clam, in the phone booth, yeah. in the pool. And just endless po possibilities endless possibilities eliminate all troubles total mama put it in their face they are thine out of race i'ma need another safe Really need another place I be known to outgrow shit Up in the drop cause they tired of the whole shit No shit, really been focused They waiting on your shit Convos in my mind so I know this